Print in a Flash, a weekly photo, video, and visual journalism news show from Around the Lens. I'm David J. Murphy. And I'm Travis Keys. And now let's get into the news. Straight into it. Let's not skip Straight. a beat. <laughs> no delay. No no, no background chat. No quibble-quabble. Right? Start What's talking. our first story? Womenphotograph.com has released their top photos of 2020. So as I mentioned last week, we talked about this. I, I can't remember the, I think it was AP or one of the other New York Times. I know they both published their best of 2020s. I actually found about like, I don't know, half a dozen other websites have also published their 2020 stuff, all of which have been uploaded and updated on the story on AroundTheLens.com. So you do love your list, you don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great resource for people who just want to see it all in one place. I, yeah, I agree. You know, and don't want to have to, you know, dig through Google and maybe like find, you know, what they happen to have. Yeah. Um, so go check that out, and you can see all the lists. But uh, let's talk specifically about the women photograph list, the best of 2020. I think womenphotograph.com is a great website and a great resource for mm. me, as it was during the, the last year of my main show around the lens, where you know I was actually pulling a lot of the the ladies from that. We had a bunch website. of guests from, uh, like, uh, I'd say a majority of uh, that last, last season was from there, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably at least 20 to 30 of wow. the guests, or at least people I try to get on for those for those episodes were from that yeah. website, and they were all people who were featured on their best of 2019 list. So it was a great uh, resource for me as a sort of podcaster and, and just a great way to make a network with so many wonderful and talented female uh, photographers and photographers <coughs> journalists. Uh, actually, panelist Lauren Crew was featured uh, on our ep- our show last season, right? And she was also featured on this list again for you know one of the best photos of 2020. So, congratulations, Lauren, if you're listening. Repeat, repeat. Indeed, maybe we should go for the three peat. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how long they've been doing the uh, the best of list. So I know you've been um, looking at this list. What where there's you know is there a reason that you kind of gravitate to this list and what uh, from last year to this year what really stood out for you? Yeah, I think what I like about this list is it's so different than all the other typical lists that you see pushed out by all the other major, you know, publishers. Right. You know, I think this collection highlights photos. Of course, it's going to have your protests. It's going to have your COVID stories. Uh, that's inescapable. But I think the overall tone and tenor of the photos is a little bit more sedate and considerate of the subject matter. You know, I think it highlights the quieter moments uh, with portraits. That are you know it takes what's more you know so often more intense and visceral and kind of distills it into something that's more, I would say, con- like I said, considerate and thoughtful of the the subjects. You know, not just like oh, let me see, you know, get the you know visceral <laughs> spit flying out piece of people's faces or the violence or the action. It's more about the, the the people and the story. So I think it's good to see this type of variety from you know this type of list. And I'd say that from this year to last year. It's 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 similar in terms of that overall tone and tenor of the list. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I'm not seeing a dramatic difference in t- type of photos that are chosen. Again, it is more COVID centric, more uh, protest centric, but there's also a lot of quieter stories that I think um, deserve to be told and are told well. Were there so, any pictures that jumped off the page for you? So predominantly, this is all journalism uh, of photos that they're they're sharing. They're not uh, anything oh, no. personal. It's all per- it's it's all over. It ranges from all over. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the folks on this list are art photographers, you know, who shoot, you know, things. This isn't even all visual journalism. It's it's all photography, really, yeah. you know, in, in general. So I think that's interesting to see that as well. 
So it does give yeah. contrast with, you know, there's a lot of visual journalists on this list as well. But It seemed like yeah, there's a huge majority of uh, journalism on the list, which is, I mean, absolutely beautiful. Because some of it you look at and it it, uh, it just looks like these beautifully lit and composed images. But you can tell mm-hmm. that they're, they're actually journalistic moments. And uh, that's what makes this list and the talent in this pool so amazing is some of these pictures that just pop out. Uh, and uh, there's just some wonderful, you know, there was a tribe person laying in, in, in a field with a, this cool hat and they had a flower in his mouth. It just, it just is a really kind of a, a happy photo and uh, really like seeing that. And there's some dark and heavy photos in this as well, but uh, yeah. um, there's there's a lot of talent in, in, in this. And uh, and it's a great place to look for inspiration, especially if you're a photographer. I think, uh, you know, I, I look at this and get inspired and, and, uh, and, and there's some images I just see. I'm like, I got to up my game. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Which best of lists are you featured on, Travis? Yeah, I know, right? Come on. I know, I know. Maybe maybe APA best best of APA. Is, are you guys going to do that? Like an APA best of twenty twenty type thing? Is that something you guys so do? We do. We we have a, a, every year we do a source book, and then we also do some uh, some other uh, wonderful things. Uh, we have an end of the year kind of holiday party that uh, we're doing virtually this year, but uh, we we kind of show a bunch of. Uh, uh, wonderful uh, uh, slideshows from uh, our members and submitted stuff from the last year that they, they, they've shot, and uh, it's uh, it's a good moment. It's it's uh, it's uh, yeah. I like closing the year, looking at what people work, people's work from that that year. And especially, it brings you back because like, oh my god, that was this year. Or like, I didn't even realize that you know yeah. that happened. And, you know, it's like it's this great kind of walk down memory lane to see how much happened within one year. Yeah, I mean, this year has especially has felt like ten years. Honestly, it's been I know, such I a. Know. Just long, arduous slog to get through. Is this list you mentioned going to be made publicly available, or is this just for internally for your members? This will be. I mean, I think the slideshow we'll put up on our on our uh, APA Facebook page and, and our website, so it'll be there uh, for people to view and uh, to see the work. Uh, and uh, it's you know one of the things that we kind of put together behind the scenes, and uh, we love sharing, uh, especially uh, to everybody that hasn't seen some of our stuff. And, and we have a full on YouTube page now that we share a ton of content and uh, original content that we do. Uh, nice, but uh, nice. one of those things that we use uh, when we're traveling around is a computer. And uh, Dell has a new computer that's coming out. They're Dell 17-inch. Uh, what do you use for are you a, Are you a desktop uh, or a laptop, or you have both? I am ambidextrous, as hey. you need to be in this day and age. You either have the laptop, right, and that's your desktop because you plug it into a monitor, or you have a desktop and a laptop because you got to have something on the go, right? You can't yeah. not be able to go mobile. Absolutely. Um, so I've got my old MacBook Pro, my old tried and true, reliable MacBook Pro from I think 2014, which is still doing great and, and kicking it, no problems. And then I've got my desktop, which is a, a PC. It's an iBuy Power with a 2080 Ti. It's my powerhouse PC. So you see, you're one of those. You're one of those rare few that is actually using uh, both systems. Mac. You, know, you find, right. usually find people use either full full like Mac fanboys or, or and hate PC. Like, why would you ever touch a PC? <laughs> or yeah. people that use PC. I use both as well. And I, I've used the XPS line for a while now. I used uh, some generations of their 13th, their two and one, which is a, sort of their um, uh, it, tablet and laptop in one. Uh, that folds over and with a Wellcom pen, which is great. I have their 15-inch, so I've used the, the, this computer a lot. Well, they have a 17-inch now, which is really sort of the all-around best thing if you're going to really kind of use one computer to travel around and edit. You know, this, whether it be your 4K content or your maybe you know these wonderful photos or composites that you're doing. Uh, the, the Dell XPS 17, uh, not even the highest range. Uh, 
I think comes in at a 10, uh, 10th generation, 8th core Intel i7 processor, 32 gigabytes of RAM, DDR4, which is great. And I, anybody that knows when you're playing with it, you definitely want to stick your RAM in there. It, it helps you on the yeah. back end so much. Uh, it has an NVIDIA GeForce RTX, which is fantastic because the RTX line is allowing you to do a lot of different stuff now. They have a noise cancellation and video stuff that uh, is pretty uh designated just to that RTX line. So there's a lot of uh, fun stuff that you can do with that graphics card. Uh, one terabyte M.2 uh, SSD, which is great. And it's going to speed up everything. The M.2 is really the fastest of the uh, yeah. SD, SDs right now. Uh, and it has one of those a, in my desktop, actually. This yeah. past uh, Black Friday, I got an M.2 drive. Two terabytes, stuck it in my, my desktop. And is your is it your boot drive? Is your system uh, on that? <clears throat> you know, I... Uh, I wouldn't mind it. I just don't yeah. know how to move it, and it's just like <clears throat> it's a know, big ordeal uh, to do that. Yeah, is it? Yeah. It's well, it's not. It's not big. Me. You can back up. You know, you can back up everything. Uh, virtual backup your main drive oh, too, okay. and then uh, then uh, do a fresh install, or you could uh, move it over to the M.2. Uh, there are ways to do yeah. it. But yeah, to finish I, up, I have it. I have it coming off an SSD right now. So yeah. it's it's not slow at all. But, no, yeah. things that you know, there's a lot of things that you want to move onto SSD, and, and everything that's a little slower, you move onto the hard drives, you know, because they move right. a little slower. But those SSDs will allow you to access information much quicker and boot up your system a lot faster, which is yeah. really great. Um, so the the Dell XPS is is really kind of an exciting all around computer. That's someone that's kind of looking. They're thin. They're sleek looking. They're they, the screens are gorgeous. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, whoa that kind of screen uh so i I was definitely interested in this computer and uh you know just seeing what how often do you know someone should upgrade a computer or when they feel like they're they're doing it and i guarantee you you know a lot of times if you have a macbook that or you know an old pc a lot of those those laptops are not that upgradable so unfortunately with desktops on a pc you can just swap out pieces and like that pretty much all the time on motherboards and if you build especially if you build your own pc but uh on a lot of these laptops they're not upgradable so you know, you really have to decide, is your work being stifled and, and uh, you can't upgrade it? And uh, that's when you're going to know if, you, if you're cursing and, and hitting the screen because the thing, rendering is taking long and it's taking forever, it's time to upgrade. But uh, I think maybe on uh, follow up with us if you're looking into uh, why or how or should I upgrade a, a laptop, please reach out to us because uh, we'll certainly be uh, uh, there to help out. Yeah, if I were only using my MacBook Pro right now, like, you know, I, I, did, I got the desktop PC because I was out with was without my MacBook Pro for a year, <laughs> and I needed something to compute on, and I was looking at my options, and for the same price as like a top of the line MacBook Pro 16 inch that had just come out, I could get a super duper spec'd out desktop. So I was like, why don't I instead of buying this laptop, why don't I try a desktop again? Because I've had desktops, I've had laptops over you know my lifetime, and I thought let's try desktop again, see how that does. Because, again, I was using my MacBook as my main PC for five years. Pretty right. much it was my desktop, it was my laptop, and, you know, a lot of people do that. And that's, you know, that's the way to go with most of these uh, computers nowadays, you know, whatnot. But had I only had the MacBook Pro, I would have probably upgraded to one of the new M1 MacBooks. Those things are so <clears throat> freaking powerful. And I wish this uh, person who had reviewed the XPS had compared it to... The MacBooks, because those are what, you know, it does compare it to the MacBook Pro 16-inch, which is, I can understand, the equivalent, right? It uses the same chipset and whatnot. But it would have been so great to compare it to the new M1 Macs, because I think that's what is the, the new hotness right now. That's yeah. where you see everybody comparing everything. I think there is a few videos out there. Max Tech, I believe, has compared it to the XPS. I don't know how it's done. I'm sure it's held up. But, you know, again, looking at the future, right? That's 
the system on a chip, those ARM processors, that's the future right there. I mean, so. that's what I don't think people are thinking. People are thinking, like, this is a CPU. It's not. It's basically a full-on computer on a chip. It right. has the memory, the DDR memory on it. It's all on the, on, the, on that little thing. And it's uh, a lot of things. Uh, actually, a Lightroom and uh, just got uh, updated for uh, the M.1. So that's, uh, you know, nice. reconfigured for it. So that's going to be great. And in other kind of bonus news, uh, Apple, you know, since we're talking about Apple, Apple released mm-hmm. their, their latest firmware update for the phone, and it is oh, now sweet. introducing Apple ProRes for us photographers. Out there, which is really exciting, the Pro Raw. They're calling it Apple yeah. Pro Raw, okay. and it's now in the new release for the Apple phone. And I'm going to be playing with that. And I'm sure, since you you do are, you don't have an Apple phone, so you won't be uh, you won't be playing with well, that. But uh, I have an Apple phone, but it's my work phone. So <laughs> ah, okay, you know, yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, the Samsung creates great pictures. But it's kind of it's kind of cool that Apple is really kind of diving in to give us the full uh, raws now in, on these uh, you know exceptional phones, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, Travis, definitely yeah. report back to us yeah. and let us know how that camera does, and uh, maybe you'll be shooting it more now that you can shoot raw in the new year. Uh, and as the new year approaches, we yeah. are approaching 2021. It's right around the corner. This is actually the last show before the new year. So, you know, we'll probably come back to you in 2021 and see how that's going. Hopefully better than 2020. But, you know, every time there's a new year, I like to talk about resolutions because yeah. I think it's important that we look back, but also look ahead and see where we want to be. You know, every year is another opportunity to grow, develop, and, and get better or, or just find ways to improve yourself. So I like to you know, set resolutions aside for myself. And the one I always set, and I never seem to be able to meet. I know where this is going, Dave. I know where this is going. You know it is because <laughs> you've, you've heard this conversation before on our old show, which is the shoot that photo a day, right? That photo a day project. And it always kind of starts with, with high momentum at the beginning of the year, and then it just kind of dips down and... Life you know, gets in honest, the way. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But I'll be honest, I shoot almost every day. You know, I don't, you know, maybe I'm not making an <coughs> aggressive push towards it, but almost every day I'm taking out that phone at least and taking a snap of something. You know, I just don't make a habit of, you know, putting it on a website and gloating about it and saying, look at my photo a day, you know, uh, but I try to. But there, I'll be honest, there's many days where I forget or don't no. take it or don't feel like taking it. So Now, do you um, take the honest way out and say, I didn't do it today, or do you, like, take two the next day and say, oh? <laughs> when I was trying to actually do the project and maintain it, I would do that. I'd be like, shoot, you know, something uh, in the morning, you know, of the day after, and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I shot this yesterday. I shot it, I, I shoot it like, early in the morning, so it's still dark out. So yeah, it exactly. Like night, you know? Perfect. But too often, I would get to, I'm about to crawl into bed and go to sleep, and I'd be like, oh, I didn't take my photo a day. And so I'd snap, like, my lamp or something by my bedside, and I was just like, this isn't what this project is about. Uh, but, you know, it's something that might be a bit more realistic for people if you can't do that is the 52-week photo challenge. Um, so that's a new project each week, and there's a, a website which I'll link to in the show notes. But uh, I was looking over last year's assignments, and it's pretty neat. Like, each week focuses on subjects like depth of field, or perhaps uh, you know focus or whatnot, so leading line. So these different sort of typical motifs that you deal with when you're you know shooting, it might motivate you to kind of get out there and actually take a photograph and, and do it with purpose. And having it being once a week, I think, is a bit more realistic for people. Uh, but Travis, are, are there any resolutions that you have for the the coming year, whether it be you know photography or personal? 
Yeah, it's kind of strange because this last year was uh, kind of a, you know, everything that I was expecting to do this year, I'm kind of transferring into next year, hopefully, uh, you know, because it yeah. seemed like this year was kind of uh, a, a, a leap year, <laughs> yeah. as they say. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I definitely, like you, want to, uh, I think, focus in on accomplishing a couple more really defined personal projects and shoots, uh, you know, that uh, are really kind of choreographed and really planned out and uh, and do some, you know, shoots that are really just uh, pulling some people together and, and uh, you know, whether it be the full costuming and makeup and, uh, you know, really kind of going the extra mile and, and creating some cool, cool uh, images this year. Yeah, for me personally, you know, I'd love to, you know, with this new editing software and the new editing hardware I have, you know, I've got the I've got the DaVinci, you know, studio and whatnot. I really want to focus a lot more on creating videos with, um, how do I say, purpose, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, I want to create content yeah. that people want to watch. You know, honestly, most of the time I'm making videos that are just rando b-roll stringer vlogs you know that no one really watches so i want to try and maybe maybe create a narrative or a content or a story around the the life story that is the murphys so i think more focus on on video and creating video projects people want to watch and then personally you know i'm going to be turning 40 in next year uh so i want to get my health back in check i think i've uh gained a little weight over the last uh, few years so i need to kind of get that back in control so that's my personal Good goals. All good goals. Yep. Indeed. All good goals. And you know, who else has been making some goals? Adobe. Some earning goals, right, Travis? Well, you know what? I got to say, yeah, there was the uh, Adobe's uh, earnings have shown a, a great point, but there was an article in Petapixel that uh, it, that uh, Adobe is planning with those earnings to uh, do more kind of investing in further in their AI editing. And I really wanted to discuss yeah. that AI editing because if you saw in the last, uh, you know, in October at Adobe Max when they released the, the new, uh, you know, Photoshop and Lightroom and all that, it, Photoshop has uh, these uh, neural filters which are pretty amazing where you can actually go in and uh, make someone happy, you know, and it, I'm like, like if someone was smiling or not smiling like this, no teeth showing, you can actually yeah. kind of pull that happy meter and suddenly there's teeth and smiling. So it brings in that whole kind of thing is like how far is like what the realism. And like, I think it's kind of, we're getting to that age is uh, it's kind of scary. And uh, just to be, you know, very transparent, I do get paid and do work for Adobe. Um, so in terms of, you know, them investing further in AI editing and stuff like that, I do know about some projects they're working on and I can't discuss it, but uh, they are really kind of studying uh, the way people take pictures, the way they edit pictures, and they're doing some wonderful stuff. Now, what do you think about the, that whole AI, you know, the deep fakes in AI and, and being able to change a photo that much after the fact? How are your, what do you feel about that? I'm kind of a mixed feeling, and I'll talk about, you know, what Photoshop has done with regard to image manipulation, but I think specifically with AI, I'm excited by it, right? Yeah. I think it's inevitable, you know, whether Adobe does it or Google does it or, you know, rando Chinese company, Huawei or somebody, somebody's going to do it. You know, it's, it's just a matter of who's going to do it. And I, I'm glad that Adobe is doing it because I think that, you know, they're implementing it well and they're doing it in a professional manner. and. You know, it, it's neat to see it's, you know, from a purely sciencey technology standpoint and what we can do nowadays with AI and computers. I think, you know, it's just amazing to see it. Yeah. Uh, but I do fear its overall effect on you know, people's general trust in imagery. Mm. I think that's a really you know? good point. I think that's a very good point. I think there's, I mean, you know. Because it's like photo, right? Photo is always the first step, right? Whenever you see and hear about these AI manipulation 
photo is the first step. Video is the next step, right? Yeah. When if you can do it for one frame, you can do it for thirty frames. If you can do it for thirty frames in a second, if you get you know the processing power that high, now you're doing it to video. Yeah. So we've already seen things like deep fakes. But oh, what yeah. if you know you're filming your family at the you know going to the park or something? And your son is just not cooperating. He's got a dour look on his face. Am I going to be able to go into Premiere and now up the, the happy slider? And now he's like, happy-go-lucky. He's skipping. What's the extent? What's the limit? You know? So it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's also scary. Yeah. You know? and, and what you're saying is not to be like, oh, that's going to happen in the future. That's now you can do that, <laughs> which is crazy. Can, can you do that right now? Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely. That's, oh that, but that's what the slider does, exactly that. Uh, yeah. And uh, you can change the position of the head. If I was looking this way, suddenly you yeah. can do this. You can change where the lighting is coming from. And they're just yeah. they're just starting to roll out these uh, neural filters. So there's going to be a lot more to come. Uh, uh, you know, I don't use Adobe personally because I don't want to pay $50 a month for it. But I know you use it. And have you plus messed around with these sliders? Have you done it on your own work? Well, I think that's a misconception with Adobe right there off the bat is you, you wouldn't be paying $50 a month. You only pay $50 for the full creative suite, and that's uh, sure, everything. Sure. So if you wanted to get in as a, a photographer or something like that, you can get uh, Photoshop and Lightroom for $10 a month, which is right. quite uh, you know affordable if you're, if you're a professional. Um, uh, Weren't they toying with raising the price on that, though? Or did they, they decide to renege on that? I wasn't sure. I, I heard that rumor, though. I think I think you're, you're referring to there was something a little like many months back that they tested some, the waters and quickly reversed it. Right, yeah. that's good. Yeah. No, I think the Photoshop Lightroom for ten bucks a month is a great deal. Yeah. And if I I use those programs enough, I would definitely consider that because yeah. I'm now doing my video editing on DaVinci, so I don't need the entire suite for Premiere and whatnot. And that's why, again, when I've had it, I've used the fifty dollar a month yeah. program because I used all those programs, you know, a lot. But um, What's I mean, what's, my original question? I don't know, but I mean, I think you're going down the path of there's lots of great options out there, whether it be Infinity yeah. or whether it be the new Capture Ones. Uh, you know, there, there's some great, great options out there and, and affordable ones, you know, where you don't have to, you know, yeah. you can pay Infinity. I think you pay once and you own the product and, and updates and stuff like that. So I mean, it's, there's a lot of options out there for, for creatives. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, oh. to go back. To, OK, I do remember my question. <laughs> Have you used the photo slider manipulating AI thing? Like, what's your personal experience with it? So it depends on the slider. In terms of moving someone's head or, you know, giving them a smile, I, I've done that just for fun, just to see. And they have one that uh, ages or de-ages you, which is pretty wild to see. Uh, yeah. But uh, the one that uh, I have done is uh, there's, a, there's a beauty retouching kind of slider. And just for mm – -hmm. it's actually pretty amazing. So if I had a pimple and a couple little marks and stuff like that, I literally can put that in the neural filter and it'll just clear it up in a, in a second. Wow. Uh, so there have been times when I've done a quick beauty edit to use that slider and it works very well that's awesome so you yeah. have used it for professional work yeah 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 oh, okay absolutely cool. no i mean yeah i've seen some of the stuff and it's like amazing how much time it saves you know one click versus having to go through and like you know individually like heel brush as someone's face i think it's amazing and it's funny because i think that you know remember when um final cut came out with the their, their i think it was final cut 10 and all the the editors got upset because it seemed to make it too easy for people uh and yeah. they, you know they're like oh this kind of kicks away from my profession suddenly we're, we're going into moments like even content to wear uh and stuff like that in these wonderful programs of photoshop that take what used to take us so much time 
to do, whether mask out something in Photoshop or get rid of it, that literally you can get rid of it in a second. And it's 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 yeah. unbelievable the, the, the change in power over the last couple of years that Adobe has put into that software. So what we were talking about before is, you know, this AI, right? It's so great. You know, you can do all kinds of things. You can change people's faces and whatnot. But the problem there is that with Photoshop, of course, Photoshopping is a term that people just use, you know, colloquially. Generic like, a, like means- Q-tip. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and so whether or not Adobe likes that or not, um, it, it's there. And that's what people think of it as. People think of manipulated photos as Photoshopped. And so what Adobe is trying to do is essentially make it so they're, they're trying to regain some of the space with regard to you know, the verification and trust that comes from imagery. They want you to be able to look at a photo online and trust that it isn't manipulated. So what they've done is they've created an organization to deal with this issue, and that they, they are trying to create. It's called the Content Authenticity Initiative, and essentially what it does is it creates a open source attribution system that to images to give viewers more info about where it came from and whether it was edited or not. And I'm, you know, excited about this system. I don't know how well it will do or how you know, well adopted it will be, but I think it's a good first step. What do you think about this, Travis? You think this is kind of like the way we need to go now? We now need a second layer to approve and essentially verify imagery? I think it's very important that we definitely address it and start laying down some groundwork on how we're going to mm-hmm. approach this because now it's just too easy for people to say, oh, that's fake and without yeah. any verification. So it also helps verify things that are true opposed to false. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think uh, it's, it's good on both ends uh, that uh, it can be a verified untouched photo or it can be a verified, you know, this has been manipulated. I think can earn back some trust. And uh, I know that, you know, a lot of people look like Adobe is like the big, you know, like, I don't know if like maybe they're thinking about like Apple or Coca-Cola that, that they're big corporate entity but uh, i know firsthand from working from how much they care about the people in the community and reaching all people in the community and having a safe place for those people so uh you know knowing that firsthand i'm actually really kind of looking upon this story and saying all right this is good this is because it's not coming from a bad place this is actually Mm -hmm. coming from a really good place and 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 concern so uh, i'm obviously all behind it yeah no i would love to see a sort of history if you will that would be like an editing history mm-hmm. built into the metadata for an image. So it's like if you download someone's image or, you know, maybe right click on it or something, you can go to edit history and you can see, oh, okay, they cropped it. They color corrected. Oh, they did some rubber stamping. Oh, they did a little warping. I see. Okay. So at least, you know, hey, this was edited. And I think it'd be even better if there was a way to like see that original image compared to the edited image, like in the actual browser or whatnot. I think that'd be a neat tool. Probably a little bit too extensive, but I th- well, it's, you know, then we're kind of going. I think we're going almost too much. Then I think in, in journalism, you would uh, obviously the assumption it hasn't been edited at all. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you know, someone's a portrait or you know uh, or a creative, then they should have the liberty to do anything because they're artists. It, it doesn't matter. But if yeah. it, but if it's in advertising where it's you know um, saying it's a model and she's been uh, obviously slendered or, or t- totally retouched, I think it's important. And that's one thing actually in France that I really love what they did is if like yeah. you know on an advertisement in France, if it has been photoshopped, the advertisement has to say that it's been photoshopped. Yeah, no, I, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is I want to know, like, hey, you are trying to pass off something as the real world, yeah. and it's not real. It yeah. has been manipulated. And, you know, it goes back to this whole idea we're trying to limit people's 
mental health, you know, not limit their mental health, but I mean, limit their effect on mental health because they see an image of a, a woman who's unrealistically skinny. Yeah, they get this or, false sense know. of reality and how damaged it is yeah. for kids and their own personal. Yeah, I, oh, I agree. I think that's where you want to see that edit history. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're trying to pass off something as the perfect, but no, there is actually so you can point to and say, no, look, you know, they did a lot of manipulation to get to this thing. Just like, you know, you see these backgrounds or these sort of behind the scenes on like photo shoots, you know, that sometimes you see where, you know, hours in the makeup chair and doing the hair and like, you know, they're showing like, hey, this isn't, you know, this is a made up version of me yeah. for the photo. I want to see that kind of in the history of the photo. I've had so many of those conversations, especially when people look at my work and say, oh, you shot that that model or you shot that person. Like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. I'm like, I'll tell you mm-hmm. the truth. That person walked in and they had a ton of zits and they had, you know, bad hair and they had, you know, it's like, they're right. real people too. You're, you know, you're, uh, you know, so I, I, I always try and give them the, the, the realistic, uh, you know, vision of it although you know as artists and stuff like that we kind of put uh, this fake world upon everybody and uh, you know like everything's always glamorous and they always look fabulous which is not the case yeah and it's it's tough because you can't give the client like oh here's all the pock marks and the zits and stuff i kept them on there so you can be more honest no they'll be like uh, get rid of that stuff we're yeah. paying you good money to make our client <laughs> look beautiful you, know, you can't you can't win in that situation because yeah. You know, I see it a lot here in Korea, too, because, you know, there's a huge push for things like plastic surgery and Mm. beauty and, you know, lightening skin. It's like you see it all the time in sort of Korean media and commercials and stuff like that. So there's a, you know, there's a beauty standard that they want everyone to attain. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily healthy for society as a whole, but I I don't know how you get around that. It it, it definitely is not healthy. (laughs) No. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And speaking of, you know, just going down this whole thing of, you know, what's manipulated and and changed and everything, we're going to go into, like, Google right now. And Google is, is really yeah. known for their Pixel phones and, and all the AI they're doing and creating an amazing uh, photograph from, you know, enhancing dark, you know. And we've talked about that before. If, if you're using yeah. the Pixel phone at night and it's using, you know, taking a bunch of shots to make a night shot, is that an actual journalistic usable photo? Because it's changed a lot of things. Well, Google has now invested into sort of a room that had, I think, 300 and some odd cameras. I, I forget how many it had. It, but they took pictures from all over a, a subject and lit it all over the subject so now that they, they can actually in post change the lighting completely so another ai that is suddenly like we're getting to a point where you just take a picture and everything else it's like we'll fix it in post is really going to come to the, the forefront of this is we can fix it in post where i can put a subject here and suddenly light it from a behind before you know doing all these amazing things it's like we're getting to you know, a place where we can be very creative but also like what does it do to us as creative photographers shooting on on, on the spot? You know, mm-hmm. what do you think about? Uh, yeah, it's obviously fun to play with, and I think we all love it. But do you do you like it? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, this kind of goes back to our, our previous conversation right, about you know, it's not just Adobe now who has to essentially say like this image is manipulated or not. Now it's going to be Google. You know, it's getting this this brave new world, if you will, of manipulated imagery, and you don't know if it's been manipulated or not unless. There's something, you know, either in the metadata or the, you know, the producer tells you outright. But, yeah, it's amazing what can be done after the fact. You know, we've already, like, with the ability and the dynamic range of most cameras nowadays, you can restore an image that's been extremely overblown or underexposed. It's it's amazing. You can basically do exposure in post. And I know there was the the light camera or some kind of special camera that... The Lytra. Yeah, Lytra. That allowed you to do focus in post. So it's almost like, 
you know, now you can change with Adobe AI you can change people's look and position. So it's it's almost like you just kind of generally point yeah. the camera at a scene or situation, and you can kind of build it after the fact. It's it's both amazing and also scary yeah. that you can do that much control. And honestly, with certain aspects of it, I don't actually have a problem with certain aspects from a visual journalism perspective, right? So focus and post, if, if that was something that was just built into, like, my R5, right, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, focus or I could fix a little bit, you know, if it, something was slightly out of focus, I could easily just restore it. I would have no problem with that from a visual journalism perspective because you're just basically changing a slider and you're adjusting what the camera saw. Like, the camera's picking up all different focus points at the same time. So you're not, you know, changing the the composition you're not you're not manipulating the image you're just bringing back what was there just like you would if it was an exposure issue so from a journalistic standpoint i have no problem with post focus i would love to see yeah. that you know integrated into yeah. modern cameras and that's going to happen um, yeah mm-hmm. and already yeah, starting to right it's, it's when you start getting into things where you can manipulate someone's hand or move things around or change well, their face or what you're talking look. about you what you're talking about there i just came across an app on iphone the other day that's called Remini, and basically oh. if i put in a uh photo and say i had a coke can and i'm holding it in front of me and the coke can's in focus and i'm kind of soft in here but suddenly you're like i really want the detail in the eyes Remini can actually go in and through ai it is creating and adding the, the detail there through AI that wasn't there. And in fact, uh, someone was testing it the other day and it actually is using other photos to help fill in the detail because uh, wow. someone was doing like, oh, look at this. The glasses are actually that the person we're wearing are now different glasses, but it looks yeah. like the same exact person or the earring change. But if you look at it quickly, you'd never know it was a different, yeah. you know, different parts, but it looks like your picture was just sharpened. It's crazy wow. how good it is and how frightening that it's doing that. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw it maybe have been on Adobe where they have this new feature. It's like super zoom where you can like that zoom is one in the, on an image. That is and one of the bring uh, it out. Yeah. That's one of the neural filters that uh, you can use in uh, a Photoshop now. Uh that literally you can zoom right in and it and it, it just it, it mm-hmm. keeps all the details and and, and find finds them up. It's it's incredible. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That yeah. point where you mentioned where it's taking from other photos to kind of build this new photo. That I would see as manipulation, of course, but if it's like something where it's done in camera and it can, the lens or the system or the sensor, like I know they have a lot of these cameras nowadays where they have so many megapixels that each, they can actually bin the pixels and create yeah. like a lower resolution image, but it collects different information on each pixel and then it allows you more control after the fact. If that was something that was, you know, readily available and easily accessible, and it allowed me to post focus. Great, but if you're talking about building something with AI, yeah, that's that's going to be not not kosher on the yeah. visual journalism side. Well, you know what? You brought up megapixels, and I want to introduce a new little segment because uh, we're a new show, and I want to even introduce yeah. a newer segment called "This Week in Rumors." Uh, and it basically, we're going to kind of fireball these quick rumors that are going around in the industry. That uh, you know, and you brought up megapixels. It is rumored that Samsung on their phones is working on a 600 megapixel camera, and oh you have to God. think when is too much, right? And and <laughs> obviously we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on this. I think uh, right now they were saying to, to actually do that, that, it would be that thick, so they're looking to make it thinner and stuff like that. Uh, also in rumors, uh, Canon, uh, you know, knocked it out of the park with their R5, but it sounds like they're working on an R5s, which will yep. be a high megapixel, rumored to be a neg- 90 megapixel uh, with pixel shift features. Uh, it's going to have uh, the same design as the R5, uh, and uh, it might have uh, 
uh, slight revision to the uh, in the you know uh, image stabilization system, and uh, probably close in price. And obviously, since the R5 did so well, Sony's going to volley back, and it looks like they're going to do a uh, A9s or an A93 or A93s or whatever the A9R. I, who knows what they're going to call it? But it looks like it's going whatever to whatever it is, you'll have it. I, I might, although it's, you know, all these things we have to wonder because all these are coming with higher and higher price tags. So it's like, yeah. can we jump into them? And, and, you know, the rumor mill is saying like $5,000 on that, which is really, really expensive to jump into a system. But they're yeah. saying it's going to have 8K, uh, you know, have no heating issues. Uh, uh, the specs are going to be, uh, you know, very similar to the new uh, AV, the, well, the, the, the A7S three in terms of its menu and focusing and, uh, yeah. uh and and the the steady shot that that have they say is game changing in in that in the S, uh, but it's going to be an expensive camera. And then you know yeah. obviously with that, Fuji has a rumor too. With they they have their one hundred megapixel medium format camera, and they're looking to introduce that with image stabilization and a slightly smaller format. So there's a lot of exciting things. And the last thing I think in the rumor mill, which I will put no longer quite a rumor is seen in the wild has been the new sony 35 1.4 gm uh if there i saw it it was okay. saw it leaked on a camera so uh i i can't say it's true or not true but it, it, it there's a picture <laughs> so yeah, that's absolutely. that's weekend rumors and obviously we'll follow these stories and if they become true or not true we'll let you know yeah i'm excited about you know anything that's new or amazing i think Canon with their R5S, if that's real, I think it's pretty neat. One, one thing I've haven't heard about that one is it won't shoot 8K. It'll actually just be more of a still. I camera, did hear it was dumbing, they're dumbing down the video on it. Mm -hmm. I did hear that as well. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. I mean, you know, yeah. better you know have cameras that have different focus and different features, and, and that's why I think it's going to have the similar price point. Yeah, and that's why they that's, said that's, that. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. I mean, forty-five megapixels ain't enough for you. Then <laughs> hey, go ninety megapixels, uh, or you can go GFX and get a hundred megapixel camera. I mean, that's it's it's just amazing. Yeah, uh, six hundred megapixels in a phone. Come on, come on. Uh, I I would like I will I'll be intrigued to see. I mean, they already have the hundred and eight megapixel sensor and their their Samsungs, uh, their S twenty and yeah. Ultras and all that stuff, which is great. I'm not gonna you know downplay more megapixels, but it's just like. You're already you're filling that that hard drive space up with more stuff, so I don't know. It's not a selling point for me like it used to be. Like I'm okay with <coughs> 12 megapixel camera, you know, images. You have to really question what are you getting for that in a camera phone because the the sensor is not yeah. bigger. So how good is the quality? You know, it's a, yeah. yeah. And the people who have used it, the 108 megapixels, say it's it's fine, but mm. it's slow. You know, it's like right. it takes a few seconds to process the oh. image, which makes sense. But it's like, as a from a usability perspective, it, it kind of limits its usability. But I guess so. you got to push the medium to get the new stuff. So uh, you know, go indeed, for it, indeed. go for it. And, and just you know, uh, the Sony thirty-five millimeter one point four you mentioned. Yeah. Like, is that remarkable from like from a non-Sony perspective? Like, I mean, like Canon has a thirty-five millimeter. I think one point four. Is so, this the first time they've gotten this? No, the the, the the there was a Sony Zeiss uh, lens, and it's one of the older lenses now. And now that Sony is coming out with the, their their twenty four uh, GM, which was it, it's it's one of the best lenses I've ever used. It's so sharp, so good that they're really kind of redefining, coming the second generation of these mirrorless uh, uh, lenses, prime lenses, and uh, they're 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 really doing a great job with them. You know, their one thirty five is unlike you know the the bokeh rendering on that and and how beautiful that lens renders for portrait and fashion and so like is 
unbelievable. So they're really kind of pushing all these new, uh, you know, primes that are geared for the the high megapixel cameras, and uh, they they are making a difference. Cool. Well, yeah, I know one of the primes that I'm interested in is the 50 from Canon, the the 1.8 that recently just came out. Uh, that's a that's their nifty 50 right it's and it's yeah. a very affordable right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, it might be something i get eventually yeah it's not on my not on my right now but you know, i'll tell you i tell you the one person like everybody that i talk to that shoots that new canon uh they they say the 85 is one of the best lenses they've ever ever shot on oh really yeah okay cool. well, i'll keep that in mind as well yeah all right well i think that's going to end this week's show Thanks all for tuning in and finding out more about these stories. Uh, if you'd like to know more, please, by all means, go to our website, aroundthelens.com, and you can see show notes from this week's show. Furthermore, you can go to any of our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, etc., and you can comment on these stories and let us know what you thought. Do you think we got it? Do you think we are a little off? Uh, are there stories you would have liked us to have talked about? Do you have any suggestions for new segments in the future, like the the rumor control, or rumor management, whatever we're going to call it, uh, you know, like that? If you have ideas or suggestions, let us. This know. week in the rumor mill, ah, uh, you know, it's very important, especially since we're a new show, that you, that you spread the word about us, uh, that you let us know what's working, that's working, that you hit subscribe and you hit the notification button, uh, so that you, you can find out when new uh, things come out. Because obviously, we're, the next time you see us, it'll be twenty twenty one. It'll be a whole new, brand new year. So we look forward to seeing you then and uh, really carrying on this conversation of uh, new stuff week to week. Sweet. All right. Well, till next year, I'm David J. Murphy. And I'm Travis Keys. And this has been... And we're bouncing. We're going to bounce. I actually like that. This has been been in a flash and uh, we're going to bounce. All right. See you all. Peace. (laughs) Peace.